Hello, everyone. It is Thursday, September the 10th, 2015. You are listening to the Talking Games podcast. I am your host for the duration of this show. My name is Jackie Turner. I am here with a full house tonight. I am with Mr. Bobby North. Ew. Mr. Justin Townsend. Hey there. Mr. Steve Say. Hi. And Mr. Bobby Shortle. Hello, hello, hello. I did not know you were hosting tonight. Well, Surprise. of course I'm hosting tonight because you're on. I was very surprised. I was like, what's going on? And I like turned around and then Jackie was hosting. I was looking, you or yeah. you, I had my bets. On well, you, you want to hear the, the little behind the scenes thing that normally happens? This is very, very me. Um, shortly before you got here, we were talking and uh, I texted Justin and said, who's hosting? Oh, very And he good. pointed at me and went, you. Of course, of course, that's what <laughs> happened. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does, right? That yeah. sounds a, l- a lot more like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, how is everyone? Doing good. All good. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Ten days till Disney. Asking generalized <laughs> questions always. Yeah. Always a good thing. Absolutely. Five people. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> that's how we roll around here. Uh so Justin, you're off to Disney soon. Yes. How uh, next Friday. I am very excited to be leaving here. <laughs> Well, all right, then screw Mostly you. Mostly you. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Which no. Disney are you going to? Uh, World. I'm going to Orlando. Nice. Cool. be there for 10 days. You going to Harry 10 Potter 10 days? Land? Yeah. That's um, a long time. Yes, I'm yes. going to go to Universal for the first time do, in do a long time. Do the Harry Potter thing. That is probably one of the most fun rides I've been on. Yep, that's the plan, is lots of theme parks, which is a vacation but not a vacation, because mm. at the end of the vacation, I'm sure I'm going to feel wiped. Mm. Well, you got As kids. opposed to my usual... Yeah, your usual... Bright and sunny self yeah. every time I see you. <laughs> Bobby asked me, like, so how how's everybody doing this week? Like, or he asked me, like, how was uh how is everybody? Like, I haven't talked to you in a couple days or a couple weeks or whatever. And I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> Like that exactly. over text message is what I said. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. Of course. You have two small children. You're gonna be tired for years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we all have fun this weekend. We were all together this weekend, right? For the uh, Talking Comics two hundredth episode party podcast it's true big thank you to jackie by the way for hosting Mm -hmm. and and for preparing all the food because it was awesome awesome good well bobby actually thanks me with a large bottle of gentleman jack so (laughs) nice (laughs) which we are partaking in right now we are enjoying right now in case you hadn't been able to tell up until this point (laughs) absolutely so we all had fun we had we you know recorded some stuff we all had a chat then we all hung out and drunk yeah. And at some point everyone left and I was in bed. I don't remember that bit, but <laughs> <laughs> I was at least in bed with the right person. So that was a plus. <laughs> Aces. Yeah. Absolutely. Thumbs up on that one. Yeah. For people who don't listen to the other show, you guys did a segment on it. So they should check it out. Yes, it's we up, did. It's up right now. The oh, episode. Awesome. Cool. Where can they find that? At talkingcomicbooks.com. Awesome. The same place they find this show. Yes. Cool. So yeah, go check that out because we had some fun. Again, I don't actually remember a lot of it. Do you but, remember? Where's my cupcake? Yes, I do remember. Where's oh, my did, cupcake? Oh, did you finally find it? I did, but I didn't find it till the next day because someone had put it on my bookshelf. Wait, and so then, it moved from its original spot? Yes, yes. There was a whole thing about a cupcake. Melissa from the Misfits um, came all the way down from upstate, and she was kind enough to bring a dozen of these really, really flash cupcakes. Awesome cupcakes. Flash. Now, flash. You know, flashy. Thank you. Thank you for do- saying that because I didn't know. I've never heard that before. What? Oh my god! All How I am know I is still they were catching amazing. you out with this stuff? All right, flashy, you know, like okay. posh. That's an important syllable. Not ordinary. Okay, <laughs> all of those things mean what I expected the first right, thing. So you could have figured it out. 
you know, just saying. <laughs> high class so anyway. cupcakes. Yeah, <laughs> so high class cupcakes. Some real pucker cupcakes, all right? <laughs> you can't. Anyway, so, please continue. So anyway, I had reserved via Twitter one of these cupcakes. Mm. I was very excited. It looked really good. I really wanted it. She was like, of course, you're the hostess. Of course. So as soon as the cupcakes got here, I took it and I put it in my cupboard where I keep all the glasses. So an hour goes by. I come back in the kitchen to find Brian from Talking Movies uh, with a really guilty look on his face and Melissa laughing a lot. And I open the cupboard. There's no cupcake. I look at Brian. He's like, I'm sorry. I, I went to get a glass and I found a cupcake. And I just thought, wow, that was really lucky. I found a cupcake and I ate it. So at this point, I start screaming at Brian in my kitchen because I assume, of course, you ate my cupcake, you asshole. So we have a big argument. He's still laughing. And then I realize, of course, he didn't really eat the cupcake. But then it becomes the game for the night. Everyone kept taking it and hiding it. And it took me till the next day to finally find the cupcake. And then when I ate it, I realized that like six or seven people had had like their fingers in it and it had been moved around a lot. And so I didn't enjoy it as much as I wish I had. Was it Mike the first person to move it? Because no. when I saw it, Mike well, took yeah. it out of the cupboard and yes. put it up in the wine rack. It was in the wine rack at one point. Then it was next to my bed. Then it was up on the dusty bookshelf no. above my bed. Next to her bed was the last place she hid it. She yeah. took it and said, I'm hiding it from yeah. the rest of you so no one will find yeah. it. Yeah, so then I woke up the next As morning. And she says, look at me. I'm going to put it right here. No <laughs> one thought, will know. Exactly. I figured, you know, there's certain places. I was like, if I put it next to my bed on my bedside table, no one will take that. So I woke up the next morning and my first thought was, oh, breakfast, cupcake. I looked to the side, no cupcake. Yeah, we got a text it's in the morning there. saying, yeah. where the hell's my cupcake? Yeah, I did. I, I texted them, but I actually said, where's my effing cupcake? <laughs> I was very annoyed. But yeah, I finally ate the cupcake and it, it wasn't as nice as it could have been. But I, I enjoyed it. Wasn't it wasn't flash enough. It wasn't flash God enough by then. You. <laughs> so we all had fun. You know, Melissa listens to this show. She's going to be very upset. I did eat it. I know, but you just said it wasn't that good. Yeah, only because everyone had been poking it around. I bet it was lovely the day before. Why do you do you think people were putting their fingers into the icing? Everyone was very drunk. I don't think anyone was thinking about how to hygienically hide my cupcake. Nobody holds a cupcake from the top. The yeah, who grabs a cupcake from the top? top? Have you met Mike? Yeah. There you go. Right, you See, thank you. Yeah, you think name's creeps. I don't know what you did to that cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot worse than touching. I saw him take it into the bathroom. See, exactly. I, wasn't say anything, I thought it was still cream it's not cheese frosting. piped on top. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. This has got horrible all of a sudden. You're the host. I know. Well, anybody else have any funny stories from the party? Mm. Anyone? I know Justin got drunk. Yes. Yeah. I he was, was for all of like he was drunk 20, for like, 20 exactly. minutes. But yeah. then I remembered like, crap, I got kids. Yeah. And he was drunk pool, for the first hour. There's a pool here. And my son was like, let me run up to the, let me run up to the edge the of the edge. pool. Mm, I'm going to jump. Nope. <laughs> don't do that. Don't jump into the pool. But I want to. No. Yep. After So when I realized that, you know, it was easier with one because I could just be like, oh, Ange, it's your day today. <laughs> yes. I'm going to continue drinking these root beer drinks. But uh, yeah, that didn't work yeah. out. So yeah, I had to, I, well, and it's once I started really eating, funny. once I started eating, I realized, oh. I was really hungry, yeah. and then I just kept on eating, and it made all the alcohol go away. <laughs> yeah, but for a solid like hour there, I was oh, like, yeah. my face is on fire. Exactly. It was very, very funny because he was he was very drunk after an hour, and at one point, I noticed he was drunk, and I was like, eat some food, and he turns around to me, and he's like, I, there isn't any food yet, and just to let people know, there was a massive entire table mm-hmm. of appetizers. Yes. I say to him this, he looks at me, and he goes, chips are not food, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're not. <laughs> it was more than chips, though. It really exactly. wasn't. There, there was, was some pa- There was pasta. Was, so yeah. there was like pasta bread. salad. I picked up yeah. a piece of bread. There was bread, yes. I picked bread with a lovely spinach dip. Thank you very much. Yes. I picked up a piece of bread and said, eat this. It will ho- help soak up the alcohol. I didn't want to soak up the alcohol. That's I just exactly something what to he eat. said to me. He was like, what makes you think I want to soak up well, the alcohol? He was devouring handfuls of the potato chips when I got there. <laughs> Mac and cheese and bacon potato chips. Yeah. So, so know, he was like sloppy drunk. He did. He does sloppy drunk. He does that exactly like he does everything else very, very quickly. When he was sloppy drunk drunk for about 40 minutes and then he was sober. Well, it was while we were, while we were, yes, uh, right after we got done with our segment. Okay. They come, they come, uh, or it was after your segment, the talking game segment. They come checking on me. We have to start making food because Justin's drunk and he needs food. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, yeah. It was like, yeah, I have to. I have to make a burger. Jay came up to me. He's like, "Oh, we're going to start making because Justin's drunk." I was like, "I get it. I know Justin's drunk." Okay, let's change the whole party. I wasn't that drunk. And this was you, really hungry. Yeah, he's like, "I really need food. I need like proper food. Chips are not food, Jackie. They're not." <laughs> Jay made me a great burger. It was delicious. And then I ate two more burgers because that was the first time I'd eaten in about twenty-four hours. Oh man. So yeah, that was fun. It was fun. It was good. Party was good. It was really funny. Melissa um, from the Misfits, she put up a bunch of pictures. And it's really funny because all these pictures like of everybody together or her with people like her and Steve and her and like Bob. And then there's just one random picture of just Brian from Donkey <laughs> Movies where it looks like he stole her phone and took a picture of himself. He very probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Very probably did. That sounds a lot like Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So that was fun, right? Mm-hmm. Did anybody else do anything else for the weekend? Because that was on Saturday. It was a long weekend. It was Labor Day. It was Labor Day weekend. I know. I just spent the weekend like tidying. <laughs> Crashed. All I watched Sunday. baseball. Yeah. Lots of baseball. The Mets. Yes. Oh. To get in the way of video game time. Because it's been strange. a long time since they've been good. Right. And so this season I've been like, all right, I'm going to play a game when I have the time or I'm going to watch baseball. And it's like once I start watching the game, I'm like, I should be watching yeah. baseball because I don't know if this will be here exactly. two weeks from now. This is not actually depressingly horrible right now. I must watch the Mets. They're insanely stressful, though. God. <laughs> After I was done, like they won their biggest game of the year yesterday. And yeah. uh, it was like, um, I'll say the game was over at like 1030. And I was, bef- they were losing seven to one. And they end up, and while that was happening, I was playing New Crucible mode with Andy in Destiny. And uh, they start mounting a comeback. So I just left Destiny. Like in the middle of, of the Crucible match, I'm like, I'll be right back. And then ran into the living room to watch it and see what was going on. And then I never came back to Destiny. And then I was like, I, so after it was over, I was like, I should go back down and keep playing. Like I looked at the clock. I'm like, I don't have to feed Finn for like another hour and a half. But I was like emotionally spent. So I just sat on the couch and like watched highlights of the game over and over oh again. Oh gosh. You watched highlights of the game you just watched? Yes. For an hour and a half. I, you need to start like. Watching sports and understanding the way it goes. I do. You watch England. That's I not just, sports. No, I do Jackie not. watches sports. Yeah. I'm actually a big football fan. Yeah. Very excited. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be clear, is it football or soccer? That's the thing. I actually mean football now. <laughs> American, I, actually, I actually say soccer, which when I lived in England, obviously I never said that soccer. That would get you excommunicated if you went back and exactly. said that, right? Hugh will not be very happy with me. <laughs> yeah, that's but, all right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm actually a big football fan. Which, you know, I'm also a big Giants fan, which mm-hmm. is getting harder and harder by the year. But we'll see. I'm mm. looking forward to it starting up again. This week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Uh, so, I think we also all managed to fit in a fair amount of game time, right? Everyone played something, I yes. think. Yeah. So, we're going to do a little round table, what we've been playing this week, right? I think so. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Are you asking yeah. us? Are you asking oh, us? You know what? You could all just be nice. Just be nice. Like, <laughs> right? Everyone's got to bust right? my balls. As soon as I'm hosting, everyone's right on my case. Just, just if I say right, go, yes, Jackie. 
I just want to know what the percentage of probably, definitely, or what did you just say before? Probably, probably right? Probably, maybe, right? Yeah. I would, like to, I would love to know a number percentage on that, but please continue. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go around the table because I said so, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Bob X, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I played some Metal Gear Solid. Trying Sweet. to get through that. Well, I think Bobby yeah. also. Yeah, we're going to have, we're definitely going to have a big old discussion about that this week. <laughs> Uh, because actually, that was the other thing. As I thank you for the party, Bobby also bought me Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna five. Have a big, it's a, yes, <laughs> the first one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although we did have a very very funny conversation in the kitchen because mm. I hadn't played any of the previous mm. ones of Bobby trying to explain the story of Metal Gear Solid to me. I'm gonna try again today. <laughs> I watched exactly. a learn what's going on. So the the main character is what is it? Um, big Boss. Big Boss. So like in five minutes, everything with Big Boss. And uh-huh. so I, I was like, I'm going to play this game. So I'll watch this video. Like a minute and a half into the video, I had to rewind and start again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's too many people named something Snake. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we're we'll definitely, yeah, we'll we're, we are going to, Bobby is going to give us the rundown a little later four in the pa- show. four pages of notes. <laughs> this, of this seems extreme. <laughs> exactly. So we're definitely, we're, we're going to come up to Metal Gear Solid. So Bobby, anything else this week? I uh, got into a little bit of the Arc developer kit now. Oh, really? Kind of like a mod for the game. Mm. Okay. And where are you going? with that oh just something out of fun just i uh, want to see what i can change in it just to see what they give you access to okay anyone else tried that no but i came into work today um and i saw bob messing around with the development kit and i was like what are you doing yeah. this doesn't look like arc Some and code. so he explained that he was actually like trying to build something out which is you know it's pretty cool to watch that stuff and how much access are they giving you you got surprisingly a lot i mean they don't give you direct access to the code for the game but they give you like all of the assets, basically, you could do what you want with it. What are you trying to do? Uh, they allow you to. Uh, I want to make a mod where you can kind of turn some of the uh, the say herbivore dinosaurs into not so friendly dinosaurs. <laughs> that sounds just like you. Yes, we need more things to kill us on the island. Right. <laughs> so you mean like they'll just like come and trample us oh, instead yeah. of eating us? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. is it usual for them to give you that kind of access when the game still isn't no, actually officially no. out? Even some of the games that come out later on, they don't give you that access until much, much, much later down the road. Oh, any reason why? I, I, like what I'm saying is like why? they're very good with their community. They're like very open to like suggestions, whatever you give them. They're like, we, we're listening to what you say and we're going to try to, you know, okay. fit it in. Is any of it, do you think any of this will get used and rolled over once it fin- eventually oh, yeah, does come out? There's a, there's a lot of it they've already put in. Like some people have made some mods and they've taken the mods and put it directly into the code and given the people who made it credit for doing it. Wow. My favorite modding story is... Uh, this guy spent like a year and a half doing a mod on Skyrim, like this ex- huge expansion. Is to it the, the game. naked fighting one? No, Damn. but you always go mm-hmm. come back to that I one. Do. It's my favorite. <laughs> so this guy, I, I can't remember his name, but he spent like a year and a half working on this giant mod, which w- had quest lines and NPCs and characters and everything. And he submitted it, you know, you know, and it got out there, and like everyone loved it. And he's like, "Well, this is kind of like my application to uh, Bethesda," and they immediately hired him to come work mm-hmm. for them. Which I always thought that, like, I think that's really cool when people can yeah. do modding and stuff and they do it exceptionally well. Like sometimes that, that speaks way more than resumes do when you can actually yeah. see oh, what yeah. somebody's doing. Exactly. And it's a positive thing for the community as well. It's oh, like yeah. it's encouraging people to interact with the games and the developers in a positive way, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. Yeah, they just did a, an arc. They had a, a competition for modding. Whoever did the best mod, they, they awarded him with $25,000. And that's oh. for a game that's not even out yet. Wow. Yeah, it's, no, that's awesome. They pay them, but that's 
so they can pay him twenty five thousand dollars once and not uh, pay him a hundred thousand dollars a year to, yeah. to no, work for them, right, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So and no royalties for whatever exactly, it is they come up with. Exactly. But it's still yeah. great. I mean, look look something like Day Z, which was is a is a mod of Arma Arma mm-hmm. three, which is like a very realistic military sim. They did like a zombie, you know, mod of it, a full convert they call it a full conversion mod. So it means they changed everything in the game basically, just using kind of the basic systems. And uh, you know, that is became one of the most popular games on, on Steam and has spawned a retail product that it, it's its own thing now and yeah. a ton of other games like arc is kind of mm-hmm. a, a child uh, 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 of of that sort of um the uh, daisy sort of mod that came yeah. out yeah yeah wow that's very interesting yeah hmm. uh anything else bobix uh, that's pretty much it cool justin i've played a couple things this week um i started grow home but only spent oh, like i started that as well and i quit it and deleted it Already? already yeah yeah i really did that. which is funny because i know that you thought i would really be into that game i just found it frustrating and boring the, and the, the classic games, jackie i don't like the, <laughs> sometimes the games that i think you're really gonna like and you don't like i cannot yeah. i can't figure out why know, because looking at your other game history it's like she yep. really liked this so she'll obviously like this yeah yeah no it was just um I remember talking about it last time and I said about how I found it interesting um, before I'd even played it. I found it interesting, the concept of like hitting the trigger buttons to move each hand, uh-huh. you know, to climb and stuff. In reality is a gimmick that I was bored with almost straight away. Um, I just want to be able to climb up stuff. I don't want to fall because I didn't press the trigger at the right point. Like it's just annoying. And then just, it just didn't, it didn't grab me. And I've got so much else on my plate right now that it was just, if it doesn't grab me within half an hour, I just, I don't want to play it. So what you're telling me is that you tried to, tried to climb up the first rock or tree, <laughs> failed twice and was like, this game is garbage, deleted. I got up a couple of cliffs and, you know, floated down with the flower and was like, nah. I only played the game for like five minutes so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't it, if I had paid for it, I would have put more time in. But the fact that it was a free download, I'm like, nah, I'll come back to it at a later date, but... Well, that was like kind of like your experience with uh, Octodad. <laughs> I beat Octodad. Yeah, with the moving the control. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the I, well, I, I, yeah, I practice in that type of thing with Octodad. <laughs> but Octodad was way harder than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and I got to play some Halo. Yes, we did. For like 20 minutes. Well. You hassled me nonstop to play that game. And then he jumps on. And he's like, right, we're going to do it tonight. I'm like, okay, great. So our friend Andy was also like, yeah, I want to come play too. So we all jump in. We're in there for like maybe 15 minutes. And Justin's like, oh. I gotta go and just leaves me and Andy so me and Andy play for a couple hours well the thing was I was under the assumption that um, with the Master Chief collection that all the games were gonna be um, they went back and changed it so they all could be four player Mm -hmm. co-op that's not the case Uh, so Andy was just like um, we were playing Halo 2 and uh, me and Jack beat the first level and Andy was still downloading the update because it was huge and uh, he's like I'm trying to join but I can't I'm like "All right, we beat the first level we'll come out and do it and then I find out like there's it, it's maxed out at two. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, Halo 3 goes to four? Four, four people. Uh, so, of course, like right at that time, one of the kids just started going ballistic. And I was like, this is actually like good, to- like good timing because Andy's just sitting here not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so Andy and Jack got to go in and I think they got you guys beat the yeah, third we level. we went quite a way through it. And the funniest thing is, I'm not sure it was the kids crying because what actually happened is Justin was like, let's play. We're just going to go straight to Legendary, which consisted of 10 minutes of Justin going, oh, I died again. Oh, I died again. Well, oh, I, I was again. trying to lead the way because I forgot. <laughs> I had forgotten in, in Legendary on Halo One, you could die, and as long as the other person wasn't in combat, you would come back. They yeah. changed that in Halo Two. Oh yeah, I was constantly being beamed back to the bottom of a stairwell because he was dying. No, it, it come was. On. Come it, on. 
Yeah, well, yeah, when <laughs> when I died, it would then just restart the exactly. encounter it would, like, from your last back. checkpoint. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I had forgotten about exactly. this. Let's just... So we've like got, five minutes after that, he's like, oh, sorry, got to go. The kids are crying. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we've got uh, two, th- uh, two, three, and four to beat by October 28th when the next game comes That's out. That's a lot. Yeah. So I just like, let's just put it on normal and we'll just roll through all these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what we were trying to work on yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. So yeah, we got, uh, you got, you at least got to beat the th- uh, the second or third. I don't know where we were, but I'm hoping it to at least before yeah. I go to yeah. Florida, have the second game done. <laughs> yes. The cutscenes look so good. Oh my they God, do. those cutscenes are ridiculous. Yeah, they, are, they are fantastic mm-hmm. looking for the age of that game. They, they well, they are. redid them all. Right. They did that, you know. Yeah, the, you said it was like a million dollars a scene. Yeah, that Blur crazy, Studios right? yeah. who yeah. did the, all the, you know, King, um, Knights of the Republic, or the Old Republic cinematics for yeah. the Star Wars thing and stuff like that, which they cost like a million dollars a minute to right. do their cutscenes, did all the cutscenes for Halo 2. It's ridiculous looking. Well, yeah. you want to you be even more annoyed at me than you normally are. Please, go as ahead. As soon as you jumped off, Andy was like, oh, yeah, we can watch these cutscenes. I was like, nah, sorry, I'll Google it later. You're the and worst. so Andy <laughs> told me what was going on so that I wouldn't <laughs> I would know what of to Halo tell is Justin the story. when he asked me. Yes. <laughs> that's, the point of, that's the point of it. I don't know. I'll Google it. Oh. <laughs> the worst. Uh, besides that, um, uh, quickly, I, I jumped into a little bit of Destiny last night. They, It's weird. They're... The Taken King doesn't come out to the 15th, but they started rolling out some new updates this week, mm-hmm. and they're having like a preview mode for their new uh, Crucible stuff. Mm. Uh, so if you log into Destiny now, you, first you're going to have to download uh, download like an 18 gig patch. And uh, they've made it like a lot of the changes you're going to see in there. Uh, so like light levels and stuff like that um, are all different. Um, everyone's weapons are, you know, uh, all balanced differently. Armor is balanced differently. More vault space and stuff like that. Uh, so a lot of the new systems are in place, but the content's not there yet. But they're having, like, a preview mode for their PvP. So I got to play, like, two or three matches before the Mets started doing good stuff. And then I ran back in to watch that. <laughs> uh, but there was one map I, I really enjoyed, and it was um, it was a uh, crucible map on an abandoned tower. Uh, that, like, you know, in Destiny, you go to the tower as the main social hub, and so you're playing a Crucible match in a tower but, uh, s- um, set up like that, which is kind of neat. Yeah, that's cool. The thing I spent the most time with uh, this week was Mad Max. Oh, your game of the year. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, but, but listen, let's let's wait to the end of this story, because I'm actually secretly very proud of him. This is Justin's year of growth. Why? Because you're actually going to admit that, like, your opinion now is not the same as your opinion six months ago when mm-hmm. this was the next Shadow of Mordor. It looked like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I wasn't the only person to make that uh, comparison. Uh-huh. All right, just just keep going. Don't dig yourself a hole. Just so keep going. In ways, it's very similar. Uh, you are going into areas and clearing them out, and in that ways, it's also like a Ubisoft game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like the premise of the game. Is like you know Max loses his uh, you know loses his car, and the whole the whole point of the game is just getting your car back. So I'm like I'll say like four or five hours into the game. Um, it's really pretty for a game that is set in the wasteland but that gets tiresome really quickly nothing ever changes it's just dirt so i mean you can only make dirt look good for so long uh so like the basic structure of the game is this um and i actually i think i said this to you i said it's the most video gamey video game i've ever played yes which which is what i had heard the reviews on the game have been like all over the place like polygon gave it a was it a five or a six five and a half five and a half ign gave it an 8.5 so Mm. okay ign's always on the high side so then i started checking other places uh kotaku said don't play it GameSpot was at six but Mm. game informer was at 7.5 so Mm. it's been like all over the place uh so the basic concept is okay so you you got you got to get this car so you have somebody working with you now to help you build this like amazing car 
And there's a couple of, like, you know, they lead you by the hand for the first few story missions. But then it opens up into, like, kind of, like, open world setting. And you got to do favors. Uh, you know, there's different strongholds that, you know, you go in and you've, you've made an ally with this person. And for them to help you to get to the next part, you have to go help them um, clear out resistance or, you know, um, like, a, uh, what was it, uh, Immortan Joe mm-hmm. from the movie. So, like, there's another character like him that you got to, like, help clear out his forces. And so most of my four or five hours in the game were spent driving around, which driving controls are weird. It's very floaty. So um, you can lose, um, you can kind of lose where you are driving very quickly because the cars have, uh, or your car has, like, upgrades that you're doing. And so, like, one of the upgrades is, like, a hook um, that you are literally going to be, like, driving up to somebody and you're going to, you know, the person in the back is going to, throw a spear out at the other car and hook so they pull the door off. But when it happens, your camera completely shifts to the left. So you no longer can see what's in front of you. So when you try and come back, it's like it's very fast and you can kind of like flip the car around very easily. So what you're doing for the most part is just like a checklist of things. So it's like, oh, well, they they built these watchtowers that we need to like pull down. And there'll be like X amount of those in this area. And they're like, oh, we got to go take out these snipers. And there will also be these little mini bases that you have to like figure out your way into. You could could ram, ram the gate and go in and then just brutally murder everybody or you can try and like find a secret entrance in which you have to brutally murder any everybody anyway so it doesn't really matter and there's like these things there's like oh if you you get spotted you have to kill this one person really quick before he pumps everybody up it sounds very much like ubisoft games i remember like assassin's creed had those you could go Mm -hmm. into the fort and you could get the captain you know but if the captain caught you he'd run off Mm -hmm. so I'm playing and I'm playing and I'm like, all right, you know, that's not bad. I, I like their upgrade system. Um, there are upgrades for the car. Like the more stuff you do, you're, you're, you're collecting scrap and you can use the scrap to spend on things for the car. And like you go to the car, the garage, and the car's got like 20 different upgrades you could start working on. And then you click on one of them and it's like, oh, um, you know, so you can't get boarded. You could put these spikes on the car. But now it's like oh, you want to put sparks in the, uh, spikes in the front, the back, the sides. And you're like kind of picking and choosing where you want things to go until, you know, you're, you're fully maxed. Or if you want your ramming ability to be increased, Max himself has – you can, you know, equip a jacket. And the jacket will mean you'll have like a small amount of resistance and things like that. And then there's another person that you can go to where it's like I want to – this is like where you, your skill tree would be. And it's like, oh, I want to be able to get more – uh, swings out of a melee weapon or I want to be able to find more scrap or I want to be able to find more water because you have a water bottle that you are constantly looking to fill up and that's like how you get health back is that you've like you'd fill up your water bottle and then you drink it and then you could fill it back up again if you could find another spot but the thing is like in the very video gamey part comes from this so it's like I pick up a melee weapon and the second I pick up a melee weapon on the screen at all times in yellow it will say plus two due to whatever the upgrade was that I had picked and every time I go and I pick up scrap or water or dog food to eat, it's telling me like plus two or plus one due to the other perk I picked. So like there's constantly like the systems that you would see in other games, like yes, I picked this, but I'm constantly be remi- being reminded all the time that there are mechanical systems in place that I have chosen that are giving me bonuses. So, like, in some ways, it's cool to know, like, okay, I'm actually seeing what this bonus is doing for me. Like, I know I picked up five extra scrap due to me picking the fact I want more scrap. But it's just, like, a weird way of doing it. It kind of pulls you out the game a bit, right? Um, I've never seen another game do that before. And uh, it just feels like a giant checklist of things to do. Uh, So, I spent, like I said, four or five hours in this one area. I cleared out five or six bases. And, like, some of them are kind of big. 
Like there is one, I'm I'm on the um, the sea floor, and so there is a giant oil rig um, that I'm climbing up to go to the top and to blow up gas pipes. You're doing that in every single one, so you could kind of like um, make it so they can't the cars can't drive around anymore because your car is always constantly running out of gas. So you're always looking for gas as well. So I cleared up like five or six of these things, and then I'm like, okay. Let me look at the map for the first time. And I like I was like, okay, this is the area I'm in. And I zoomed out and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is a huge game. Like I had spent, like I said, five hours. And I'm like, okay, like if I had to guess, I probably got like another one or two of these type of areas. And I looked and it was like seven, it looks like. And I think they're all going to be just like this. Right. So it's it's a big open world where there's just not enough diversity. Yeah. And it just seems like it's just going to be the same thing over and over again. It's got uh, that Batman combat, but it is much more brutal than Batman, like much. Um, you can like uh, choose to do bad things. Uh, so, I mean, you're, he, he can slip into like fury mode. So it's like if you get enough combos going after a certain amount of time, you could slip into this mode where he just goes like kind of crazy. And he said he always got, he's got the blood rage. Like you can hear one of the guys say he's got the blood rage and he just starts like walloping on everybody, picking guys up, suplexing them and breaking their necks. <laughs> and then while you're fighting, you could also just choose to pull out your shotgun. Ammo is very scarce. And then just like blow people away in the middle of a combo. So it's like, it's got that, you know, Arkham City feel to it that everyone's been copying lately. Um, even Shadow of Mordor had that as well. Yeah, it seems like Warner Brothers is kind of putting that in all yeah. of these games that they make. It doesn't feel as fluid to me mm. as um, either Shadow of Mordor or Batman, uh, but like I said, much more brutal. And then while you're doing all these things, there's like in the background, there's challenges running. So I was like, oh, I I got Fury Mode really quickly once, and I got a skill like a skill point for doing that. Like it was like, oh, challenge met, and then I got a skill point that I could use to go to that guy to upgrade Max. So it like the, when I say it's like very video gamey, that's what I'm talking about. Like the story doesn't really mean anything to me. And I was thinking, like, okay, if it's a game like Shadow of Mordor where I'm running around but these challenges are interesting, um, that would be one thing. But it just feels like I'm going around doing the same things without really anything happening mm. except just, like, okay, I check this off, I check this off, I check this off. So that's Mad Max. Yeah, you seem to have the same problem that I, even the positive reviews, right, even, like, the IGN review was, like, it's great, but it's repetitive. Like, that was their that kind of thing. And, and, that, and I think the amount that repetitiveness gets to the, the the person is kind of how they're going to feel about the game, is yeah. what it seems like. Like, I have no problem, like, Far Cry, for instance. It, got, it gets repetitive, but you, mm-hmm. when, it gets, when you feel like it gets repetitive, you're at, like, the 20-hour mark. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, it was being so repetitive, and I was only, like, five hours in. Right. And so, like, I knew, like, I can't, like, I, there's no way I could finish this game, because I'm, like, I was playing it, and I'm, like, I just feel bored playing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Okay. And that was it. Just play it in spurts. So I did with Far Cry. Yeah, but Far Cry, like Far Cry, was a good game. Like, <laughs> you know, the thing that was Far Cry Two and like that, like the scenery is changing in Far Cry. Mm-hmm. But this is like you're just driving around mm-hmm. and everything looks the same, which is like it's a challenge. Like, not a challenging. It was like a risk, I think, to do that to to make it like a Mad Max game. Like, looks great. You know, it's one of the. I, I thought it was one of the better looking games um, that I've seen running on the console yet. Uh, it's really cool. Like sometimes, like sandstorms will kick up, and like you got to get into cover. Mm-hmm. Your car, like my car, kind of blew away. <laughs> um, so I mean, that that was interesting and stuff. But like when it's just sunny out, you're like, this sand dune looks like the last sand dune. Mm-hmm. Looks like the last sand dune. And I mean, you know what? Maybe 15 hours into the game, something changes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of hours to put in though to be bored. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you're already bored at this yeah. point. Yeah, and you know what? 
a year ago I might have just stuck with this game and played it, mm-hmm. but like my gaming time has been diminished so much. It's like I'm not going to sit here and play something that I'm not totally in love with. Right. I don't yeah. have to do that anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, anything else? No, I'm going to probably go turn that in and go uh, go get Mad Max. Oh, not Mad Max. Go get uh, Metal Gear. <laughs> All right, cool. I like it that much. She wants to get it again. <laughs> uh, Bobby. Uh, well, Bobby, Bobby Prime, as we've decided to start so, calling him. Uh, other than Metal Gear Solid five, yeah, other, yeah. The Anything Phantom else? Pain, um, <laughs> which I put... <laughs> I guess it came out last Tuesday. Yes. I guess I put. I think I've put at least fifteen. I know you're hours extremely excited about that yes. game. But um, anything else like turned your head just a little? Before? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you guys have talked a lot about it already, um, but I played through Until Dawn. Actually, that's the one and only thing I've had time to play this week, so we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, I played through that twice, actually. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, I think that it was one of those games that. I was interested in because the idea that it was a horror game and the idea mm-hmm. that it was sort of like this sort of no combat, you know, sort of adventure type of game. I was excited because I knew it was a game I could play with my wife that because she loves horror. I've been doing the same thing with Jay. Yeah. Like we sat down together to play it. Yeah. And she loves that stuff. And I was like, okay, this would be cool. Like it's probably going to be stupid, but it's going to be at least like stupid fun to, to play. And I ended up absolutely loving it you know i ended up loving the story I ended up loving the characters and what does a really interesting thing where it takes all these horror tropes all these things that <clears throat> happen in, in a lot of horror movies and it reproduces them and, and it's it it's 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 aware of itself but it's not being it's not making fun of them it's not going like right. isn't it so stupid they do this stuff in, in horror movies it's going like yeah. they do this in horror movies and here we're gonna do it we're gonna do it our way yeah we're gonna do it our way so it gives that I've, I've said it before on the show but it really gives me that feel i'm only three chapters in mm. but i've already got that feeling that it's like the movie cabin in the woods mm. where it's they put out all the cliches but at the same time it's new and it's fresh and it's not what you think it is. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. That movie is fantastic. And w- w- what I love about it is that A, I think it looks great. I think that there are a couple of moments where you're like, oh my God, that does, that's not a person. You know, there are those moments where you get like scared by their faces, like their mouths move a certain way or their eyes look a certain their, way. Their, their faces are absolutely fantastic. Their teeth, not so much. Yeah, the teeth yeah. are a little bit off. <laughs> yeah. Teeth are hard to do in videos. Yes. 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 It's especially bad because the teeth the, the face looks so realistic exactly that the teeth not being re- it or, looks like Hayden yeah. Panettiere with really bad teeth yeah <laughs> so, so I, I like I, I love the way they love the way it looks and I think that one of the things I really like about it and think is very interesting about it is that because they look like these actors so much like these actors you end up with this feeling like I really like Hayden Panettiere. I like her in I like her, I love her in Heroes. I like her in Scream Four. Like I just like her as an actress. I actually really love Nashville. That's my secret. I've never seen Nashville, <laughs> but again, I love her as an actress. Yes. So, just like when you're in watching a movie, and movies do the thing all the time—they do shorthand, right? They go, "We'll cast somebody that everybody loves, so that we don't have to do a lot of character development. You just love the person from the beginning because you have a positive association with them." And that happens in this game. You know, I go like, uh, you know, she ends up being probably the best at least the best female character in the game by the end of it. But even in the first like two hours where she's barely in it, I was like, she's my favorite character. And it's because it's her uh, yeah. doing it, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, but I do love also that they take characters like the character of Mike, who is this is sort of like the douchey, like, Hey man, oh, yeah. let's He's have some mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. He starts out that way, but by the time he gets to the end of the game, like, no spoilers. I'm not going to, I'm not spoiling anything, <laughs> but he's like one of the best characters in the game. And there's right. a definite turning point in the game where, you start to feel differently about him. And but what's yeah. interesting about that though is that you know you are 
making the choices for him. So it's all, your like of him is starting to increase as you're making different choices right, right. for him. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. I mean, I have really, like I said, only three mm. chapters in. I've really enjoyed everything. One of the great things I like about this is, like I said, I started playing it with Jay. We sat down on Sunday afternoon. I was like, right, let's play it together. Now, the last time we tried this was with uh, the Telltale Game of Thrones game. Mm-hmm. Now, the trouble with those games is when we sat down, it was like the first decision comes up and you got 15 seconds to make that choice. So you really can't discuss it with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, you st- I, he watched me play it for 20 minutes, got bored, wandered off. The good thing with this game is there's some decisions you've got to make quick and there's yes. certain button presses you've got to make quick. But there's also a lot of the decisions where it's if, do you want to go out this door or do you want to climb down this bit? And we mm-hmm. were actually able to be like, oh, well, you know what? We're not in a rush. We're not going to risk it. We're, we're going to go this way. And we were actually able to like talk about what we thought. We both have an opinion so far on the characters we like. Like mm-hmm. you said, you're further, you know, you've played through. Mm-hmm. But like right now, Mike's a jerk. We don't like <laughs> him. But we do like Sam mm-hmm. and Ashley we're not sure about. We really don't like Em as well. <laughs> oh, she yeah. is a bitch. Em is the worst. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we were actually able, it's one of the few games that me and Jay have actually been able to enjoy together. Mm-hmm. So I'm really loving this game. on it. And again, it looks fantastic. The voice acting is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It feels, and it, the fact that they stayed away from making it into any kind of first person thing really makes you feel like you're watching a movie. Yeah. Like I feel like I've, I've sat down to watch this cool movie mm-hmm. and I get to do stuff, but it's a story. And I know that regardless of what decisions I make, there, there's a story that's been written that's going to get told. Mm-hmm. And that I've really, really enjoyed. It's amazing too. It's very impressive how many different options you have in the game. I was going to ask you that if you said it's your second playthrough. Yeah, and how many unique animations and scenes that they create for even the littlest thing, like missing a hand grab. Like there's a unique, there's a unique mm-hmm. consequence to missing that hand grab. Not necessarily like in the story, but you know, if you miss the hand grab, it's not just the same canned thing if you miss another one. You know, you fall in a certain way and you have to do a certain thing to get, get back up and, and it, it changes things up. Um, and... They really do. Like, there are times when you're in, like, that really the precarious situation where you have to either get there or not get there. If you miss, the person you're trying to save is dead. Like, that's... That's what I was worried that's about. That's just yeah. what happens, yeah. you know? And, and it's... And that's that's an amazing set of consequences. And the save system in the game is unbelievable. Because it saves... I must be, like, every two seconds. Oh, that's good. You can't make a decision, basically, unless you unless you were, like, sitting there with your hand on the power cord, ready to pull it out. Like, you couldn't right. you couldn't make a decision I missed that, it you, quick. Pull that you, cord. Did, yeah, you didn't like and then restart. You couldn't do it because you it would already be saved. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a really great game. Because, again, we've talked about this on the show countless times about how to make a good horror mm-hmm. thing. And we've one of the things we've come back to saying is you've got to make a horror game with consequences Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just not scary anymore. You've got to have a consequence to your actions. And I think this is the closest they've come so far to perfecting that style of game. Yeah. So I can't wait to play some more of that. Yeah. Awesome. Steve, what have you been playing this week? Um, Well, my girlfriend was in town, so my time for games was very limited, but uh, I did manage to get in a couple things. Uh, Finally got my platinum in Diablo. So huzzah. Um, Well, we both got it and, uh, it was, what were you missing? Uh, we were missing the 500 bounties. So, But it was extraordinarily anticlimactic because <laughs> we set it up so that like, I got enough bounties to match hers and we did the rest of them together. But as we were clicking over to 500, my platinum pinged and hers did not. 
so then I had to exit out and then she played a solo round one like one on normal very like low level stuff and got it and it pinged and it was just we were both a little upset because we'd been playing this game for the better part of over a year now and it was all building up to this moment and like we saw the thing pop and it was like you know Steven say Mm -hmm. platinum and I'm like yeah so basically you finished way before she did yeah (laughs) I know what you're getting at (laughs) oh it was just too good to miss that one (laughs) but it was it was weird because it it pinged twice and like we expected the second one to be hers and it was mine again. Well, it pings the trophy for the 500 and then it pings you the platinum trophy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did not, it did not register for her. Um, so we had to go into her, just her account and do it again. And, uh, and she got it, but it was just, I was like, I was like angry tweeting, uh, <laughs> Blizzard. I was like, what the hell man? Um, but we have it. It's awesome. Now the game is, is completely open to us and where we can sit down at night and decide whatever we want to do, we can do it. I mean, we still need to do bounties to get certain materials to make certain things. But beyond that, we've done them so many times and have been doing like the bonus act. So we're probably not going to run out of those materials for weeks to come, um, but they are very valuable. So it's awesome. We're um, going to be moving on to other characters. Uh, I can't be touched. It's really quite disgusting how awesome my character has become. So that was awesome. Um, I too played a, a bit of Grow Home over the weekend, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I was kind of on the fence uh, when I first started it, and now I'm starting to see a little bit more of the charm, although I do agree that it is can be extraordinarily frustrating at times. If you fall and you did not find a save station or a scanning station, um, making like that, that climb over again can be extremely frustrating. And there's something about using the triggers like in that repetitive nature that is making me, um, I grip my controllers very hard. I don't throw my controllers, but I do grip them rather tightly. I've said it on the show. If you look at my Xbox controllers, all the thumb um, thumbsticks are crushed in from me, like pressing <laughs> down on them. I'm finding that I'm having to like press up and press up really hard because I'm scrunching my fingers on the on the triggers, and it's just it's a fun game, but it's an uncomfortable game to play at length. So having a good time with it. A little frustrated by some of the mechanics. I don't understand how to get certain objects over to the scanner to be recorded into the the data mining thing. But I'm sure it's just a, a matter of time before I figure that out. Um, Bobby was talking about it earlier. I finished Until Dawn uh, this afternoon. I only lost two characters out of the eight. And, um, I mean, it's so far it's my game of the year. I've had so much fun with that game. Um, everything you were saying about it, I, I totally agree. It's really super engaging. I know where I went wrong. Like, I already know where I went wrong. And I just want to play it again. Mm-hmm. And I want to play it again after that. Um, I barely got any of there's a video that explains what's happening and they, they give it to you in like little bits and pieces as you collect clues and everything. I got the vast majority of the clues, but I only found so many of the totems. Mm-hmm. So the video is like missing a lot of footage. Yeah. And the one thing I mean, I know the game is meant to be played over and over again, but the one thing that I found is uh, like they give you the story throughout it and you can you can take away a lot from it but i really was kind of expecting some kind of like epilogue 
they tell you exactly what was going on. One of the one of the when they get found, somebody explains like, "Oh, though this is you know the mountain and blah 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 blah." They do like interviews at the end with the characters, but even then, it doesn't really reveal much. They pretty much just talk about what you did in the game. Um, but I mean, regardless of that, I'm sure that as you play through it and as you find more and more things, I don't know. You're on your second playthrough. Yeah, yeah. So, do you start from scratch? Well, you can do one of two things. So you can either <clears throat> go back to the chapter select, and so if you know you miss collectibles in certain chapters, okay, you can go back to chapters and just replay those chapters and uh, <clears throat> and get collectibles. Um, but once you and you can actually you could like let's say like you lost your first character in chapter four, um, which is where I lost my first character, <laughs> and I believe it's chapter four. You could go back to chapter four and change that. But if you wanted to keep that change, you have to play through the entire game from four on. Once you hop out and go back to the chapter select screen, it resets back to your original full playthrough. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you can you can't make minor tweaks to your story. No, like no, no. You, yeah, but you can yeah. do so. You could go in because like, I know I missed two collectibles like right at the beginning. Right. There's like a way you when you. Me too. Actually, I'm I. Yeah, I noticed that when I finished the first chapter, there's two missing. Yeah, well, one of the characters, they don't always fill in exactly in order, though. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, when one of the, the characters, Sam, she's about, to, she's trying to take a bath, and she's like, oh, the water's cold, and you have to walk from the upstairs to the downstairs. If you, like, go to the left, there's a bedroom, um, and there are, like, two or three clues in there. That, and there was, like, the three I was missing from the one set of clues. Hmm. Um, and it was, like, the second chapter of the game or, or, or whatever. Like, I could go back and get those and then just quit right after I do it. And the collectibles will stick because collectibles stay no matter what you do. They just you don't have to recollect them or anything like that. So um, it's interesting though because there's no fail state, right? There's no like even if your a character dies, it's not like it's like oh game over, try again. It just keeps going. So there's yeah. no way to go back and do that stuff until you've already beat the game because you can't chapter select until you've beaten the game. Okay. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, you're going to play this as well, right? Yep. Excellent. So I have to hurry up and finish it because I have Bob's copy. Yep. <laughs> you're a third of it's a, there's 10 chapters okay so you're not right, that good. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna buy it anyway be so. very mindful in chapter 10 there <laughs> chapter is, 10 a, is a minefield <laughs> there is a e- very easy way yes. to uh to lose mm-hmm. a lot right. of people very quickly i mm-hmm. know well, i'm definitely gonna buy this game yeah so. chapter it's, nine and uh, chapters nine and ten have some very precarious situations in them <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome yeah all right so i think we are gonna jump i wasn't steve. done oh, you had oh, oh you weren't done i all was right. not done Sorry. go on then what else you been playing what you got for us steve Skyforge. Skyforge okay. is, uh, I'm actually going to, uh, after I, I tell you what it is, I'm going to read this little part to you because it explains it so much better than I can right now. Kind of rocking a terrible headache. But uh, it's from, uh, called My.com and Obsidian Entertainment. And it is a free-to-play, third-person, uh, massive multiplayer uh, online game. And it is positively gorgeous uh i'll just tell you what the the gameplay on uh, wikipedia says says in skyforge uh players take on a larger than life role as an immortal with incredible powers battling to protect the world from the armies of hostile gods eventually becoming gods themselves character progression within the game is not level based instead it's a traditional um of a traditional leveling format skyforge features a prestige system which allows a player to advance based on the sum total of their stats progression This system allows Skyforge players to develop and switch between multiple classes at any time. Uh, Rather than being locked into an early game class class choice, uh, like common MMOs, uh, the players gain more prestige, additional content, gear, followers, and they unlock a whole bunch of stuff. And um, you essentially, like, as you... 
level up in the game, you collect followers. It's kind of it kind of reminds me of the Wicked and the Divine mm. of that these you know these immortals that are looking to become gods and kind of restore the faith throughout the land and the land is crumbling and they're basically saving their world in order to gain like rep as new gods. And as you progress through the game and you level up and you find more gear and you save more people and you defeat more things, you start to gain, people start to believe in you. And that belief adds to your abilities. People start to build shrines to you. They start to give offerings. And it's this giant, it's this huge world that, I mean, graphically, the way it looks like if Final Fantasy and Destiny came together and made a game. I've been I've, I'm playing it on a beast of a computer at my friend's house. I downloaded it onto mine, but actually haven't played it on my rig yet. But on hers, it is jaw droppingly go- gorgeous. Um, and also, the other thing that I'll say to entice you to play it: remember, it's free to play. Uh, the classes are super super cool. You start out. Uh, you can be a light bringer, which is kind of a um, like a support character. You can heal. You can shield. Uh, you can do heavy attacks and all this stuff. You can also be a paladin, and you can be a uh, berserker of sorts, or a, uh, a cryomancer, which is a ice-based wizard-type character. But there's also uh, kinetic users, which are kind of like using the force. You have necromancers, slayers. There's a gunner that has a giant gun that transforms, and it like it shoots like mortar shells. It's a bazooka. It's a flamethrower. It's a machine gun. It's a plasma rifle. Um, there's warlocks and witches, there's monks, there's alchemists, there's knights. And the cool thing about it is it has that kind of um, like Final Fantasy sphere grid type of layout that at um, once you've earned kind of your prestige point, you can switch between the classes on the fly at any time. So if you run into a situation where you need certain classes, if you have enough people in your party that are leveled up enough, you can all assume a different class to take care of that particular mission and you retain all of the stats and all the bonuses from those other things. What is that? <laughs> it's her phone. <laughs> um, that's a good. That's a good text tone, though. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. I've only played about an hour of it. I've uh, I've done the tutorial and I've built my uh, my character. The character customization stuff is incredibly detailed. I'm talking like every slider you can imagine for body types and really cool body types too. Not just like you know, super frail, witchy woman kind of stuff. Like, they have, like, you know, thick people and and just really cool. The skin tones are really neat. The facial tattoos are really cool. Um, You can have earrings. You can, uh, the hairstyles are really neat. And um, they give you multiple, multiple different uh, clothing for you to wear. And you earn all of the stuff whenever you do missions. Um, People gift you things your followers will actually go home and they'll craft things for you based on your preferences of what you've chosen throughout the game. So if like you've worn a lot of purple stuff, somebody will make something out of like amethyst scales and they'll gift it to you and you'll have this like shining armor of like rocky amethysts um, on you. And it's just, it's really cool. Like I said, I've only played it for about an hour or so, but I'm really impressed with it. Um, The combat is very fast and very engaging. It's not just like a click it and forget it and watch it kind of thing. You have to be engaged with the game at all times and it's very fast. So you can die quite quickly. It's not a very casual game, but um, if you're looking to try another MMO, uh, it's free and it's crazy and it's uh, it's called Skyforge. So definitely check it out if that's your thing. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Anybody else played that or heard of it? 
I've heard of it definitely, but I've never played it. Yeah, I hate it. when Steve said Skyforge, I was thinking of another game, and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I chose the uh, the Lightbringer class, and I have a like a, a shield that I can cast on myself that it not only does it protect me, but when it expires, it actually like blows up and expands outward, and the shards get stuck in the in the enemies and stuff like that. Is it enough to drag you away from Heroes of the Storm? I actually haven't played Heroes. Um, I've amassed quite a a list of people, and I've found that unless people are on, I'm not playing, because I don't like playing that game by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, with it being Labor Day weekend and stuff like that, I guess people were really busy. But uh, just yesterday, the brand new character named Rexar from uh, World of Warcraft was released, and I am heavily, heavily interested in thinking about buying him. He is a ranged warrior class that actually has a pet bear. He's a war bear, and you control both the character and the bear, and you fight in tandem with one another. You can, like, sick the bear on enemies while you throw axes from behind. Uh, you can call out commands to it so it stays with you and fights with you, or it runs into the distance. Uh, like, you can you can heal it from a distance. It looks... A little overpowered from what I played of it earlier, but I was going up against bots, so who knows? Um, and the monk is now only ten thousand gold rather than fifteen. So, because I have other things to play, I might wait the two weeks for when he comes mm-hmm. down in price. I mean, I'm spending in-game gold and not paying any cash, but that gold is hard to come by, especially yeah. when you're getting into the higher levels and there isn't a whole lot left to do. Yeah, so if you can wait a couple of weeks and get it for cheaper. Yep. And uh, I haven't played it yet. I wanted to before the show, but um, I also bought Beyond Eyes. Uh, for the PS4, so I'm hoping uh, when I go home tonight to go and check that out if I don't end up playing Skyforge. Cool. Cool. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Awesome. It's uh, time. It's time. <laughs> Bobby is like uh, literally on the edge of his seat. I was going to talk about the best use of a bear in a video game. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Do you have a good story? Well, I just the best use of a bear in a game is in PlayStation All-Stars. Was it uh, the character from Tekken? It was Heihachi. Mm-hmm. Heihachi. Uh, uh, his... In that game, you get like a super that you can use once you build it up. And his like level three super was he had a bear come out and <laughs> dance and fart on people, and it was all one hit kills. It was That's pretty awesome. awesome. They actually that moved is. him to his own. Wait, character. no, wait, that wasn't his level three. His level three was he put everybody on a rocket. So that was his level two was this giant bear that would come out and dance and <laughs> fart on people. That's great. I like. I think that. you're the only person ever who tells stories about PlayStation All Stars. I played that game a lot. I, I, it does not surprise me. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> That was a game you and I played at Comic-Con, right? Yeah, the first Comic-Con. Yeah, we played that before it was out. <laughs> it was good with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a sad ending to that. It was it good something. with people. Yep. I remember the guy showing uh, showing it to us didn't really know anything about it. He didn't it. know. He didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, that game for me, like, the issue with that game, because it was it was cool that it was different than Smash Brothers, but it looked so much like Smash Brothers, and I didn't play it enough. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'd pick it up, i try to play it that way. You know? Yeah, you couldn't play it like Smash No, you Brothers. couldn't, and that's, I, it just, I just never got the click with the, it. The bad thing about the game was just it was so imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Like some of the characters were so much more powerful than the other characters. Yeah. And I, always, I, I always played as Parappa, who's like one of the weakest characters in the game. <laughs> didn't work out that well. <laughs> Bobby and I were trying to interview the guy. He's like, well, it's got Kratos. Yeah, oh, like, yeah him. Exactly. He yeah. was like, Mr. I kill everybody with one hit. I bet, yeah. Right. So you're just like, just write that. Right? What? Just, it's got Kratos. It's got Kratos. Yeah, yeah. that's in the interview. That's it. <laughs> it was, just, it transcribed the whole thing. It's got Kratos. All right. So at this point, I'm actually going to hand over the reins a little to Bobby because Bobby is our resident Metal Gear Solid 
freak fanatic expert, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. But are he you has really been. That, are you really that super, super excited? Into, I'm super into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since the last game came out, so I haven't had really the chance mm-hmm. to be super into it. Um, I didn't have a PSP, so I didn't play Peace Walker. So it's really been since Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, 2007, I guess that was, when yeah. that came out, uh, that I've really had a Metal Gear, full-on Metal Gear game to, to play through. I okay. played through four. I, um, I got it, and Eric came over. He's like, we're going to play this. And so I was like, okay, so start the game. Don't understand anything. Yeah. First mission, I'm like crawling around on the ground with my <laughs> camouflage suit. Mm-hmm. And then I got past a tank, and like a 15-minute cutscene started, and I was like, yeah. we're never going to play this again. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Bobby, what I'm going to have you do is mm-hmm. what you did for me the other day. So okay. he came around. And again, very kindly bought this game for me. And um, I haven't played any before. So he's like, we stood in the kitchen. He's like, I'm just going to give you a little rundown of what it's good to know before you play this game. <laughs> so this is what I got told. And yeah. it's great. So um, l- l- the, the, the important thing about the Metal Gear Solid franchise is that there are two distinct timelines that are happening. Um, one that happens in Metal Gear 1, 2, and 4, which is Solid Snake. Um, who is clone? Who is a uh, who's a living clone of the greatest soldier who ever lived? Which one's in Smash Brothers? Solid Snake. Snake yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> that that clears up the lore for you, Justin. <laughs> I, that's what I've been wondering for years. Like, okay, one of these guys is Smash Brothers guy. It's Solid Snake. Um, and then there is the the storyline in Metal Gear Three, Metal Gear Peace Walker, and now Metal Gear Solid Five, which is uh, Snake. No solid snake slash big boss. Um, that that's that's who he is. They both branch out and and meet in one place, which is the Metal Gear game that was on the MSX and the Nintendo Entertainment System way way back in the day. Isn't that the end? That's Metal Gear. So that takes place. No, that takes place before Metal Gear Solid One, but after Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. In Metal, let's, uh, in Metal Gear One, in in the in Metal Gear One, if I don't say solid, I'm talking about the Nintendo game. Okay, Metal Gear One, you play a solid snake infiltrating a base called Outer Heaven, and the person helping you is is Big Boss, famous soldier Big Boss. At the end of Metal Gear, it turns out that Big Boss is the bad guy. He's the leader of Outer Heaven, and he's been leading Snake, Solid Snake, into the you know basically into doom at that at that mm-hmm. point. So, and then Solid Snake kills Big Boss in Metal Gear. And then the Metal Gear Solid franchise goes, you know, from one, two, and four follow Solid Snake. After that, after that, the three Peace Walker and this are before this. It's how Big Boss kind of gets to that point where he's no longer a good guy, where he's a bad guy. So it, the character that we're playing as in Metal Gear Solid Five, yes. is Big, Big Boss, Boss Big is Boss. actually he, he, later becomes a bad guy. Yes, he becomes kind of. The, I the, hate prequels. The, the villain of, of the series, and he's dead. But maybe, but not really. Um, possible. But we don't. Have to, we don't have to see. The, the good thing about talking about Metal Gear Solid Five, though, is we don't really have to go into the craziness that is Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Four. That story, because that story is insane. And um, okay, and Metal Gear, that that Metal Gear Solid story One, Two, and Four is insane. Somebody get me a flowchart. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna leave that behind. We're just gonna focus on Big Boss, Big Boss slash Snake. <laughs> Because he's called both things, and th- there's a couple like big concepts I wrote down to to, to, to remember about the Metal Gear storyline is that a everybody has at least two names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it be- so so it becomes very confusing. Um, that's one of the most confusing things about it is everyone has two names at least, and two you never know whose side anybody is on. So so that that's two big things about it. So so Jackie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like Jackie. Um, so to take us to Metal Gear Solid Five. All right. So. 
we, we have to start with talking about Metal Gear Solid 3, which is Snake Eater, which is mm-hmm. Snake going on really one of his first really big missions. So Snake Big Boss. Snake Big Boss, yeah. I'll just call him Big Boss for now. It's that's, big, that's what I wish they would have done from the beginning. It would have made it so much easier. <laughs> so okay. we'll call him Big Boss, because he's not called Big Boss yet in that game, because he's still like a, an agent, but we'll call him Big Boss. So Big Boss is is going this thing called the Virtuous Mission, and he's going to he's going to take this Russian scientist, Sokolov, out of Russia and bring him back to the United States. He's developing this really advanced weapon that the Soviets the Soviets want and the American wants wants it. I want it as well. So he's he's tasked with going in to find him. Um, when he goes in to find him on this mission, his mentor shows up. It's his, and she her her name is the boss. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so are you still with us? Um, so far, <laughs> yes. And in that, this, this is like the opening prologue of the game or whatever. Um, the boss, who is like the greatest soldier in the history of America, she defects. She turns on Snake and goes and turn and d- goes to the Russian side. Okay, so I like I, like I told you off air. I watched like a five minute like this is everything you need to know about yes. Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five. And so like okay. I had watched this part multiple times because I'm like, there's too many snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so all you remember, the good thing about this time period is there's only one snake and that's Big Boss. It's only one snake. So the, the boss turns and she goes off and she helps the Russians steal this weapon. And of course, it's like some sort of like crazy like sect of the Russian government who's like, you know, kind of working outside the Russian government, but they're, they're Russians. And they, she goes with them and she steals this weapon. Um, and in the process of it, I kind of sort of, Unbeknownst to anybody, unknown to her, this kind of sex sets off this nuclear device in the in this factory. So there's this huge nuclear explosion in Russia, and the bosses turn. They lost the weapon, and so we, we fast forward a, a couple of months. And what's happened is the American government is blaming Snake um, slash Big Boss and his commanding officer Zero Major Zero for what happened. He told him basically either you go in, you mention that you go in and you kill the boss and get back the weapon. Or you're going to be executed yourself. So that's what happens in Metal Gear Solid Three. It's his mission to kill the boss. What's Zero's second name? Cipher. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to guess Ocelot. No, 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 no. Ocelot is somebody different. We haven't got to Ocelot yet. Okay. We haven't got to Ocelot yet. Um, so Zero and and Snake put together this mission and they go in. All right. I'm going to call him Snake because if I call him, it's weird for me to call him Big Boss. When I'm talking about this, but every time I say Snake from now on, I'm talking about Big Boss. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Snake goes into this mission and you know plays out like normal, normal Metal Gear situation, crazy bosses, all this stuff. Um, but what you find out in the end of it, and I'm going to kind of skip around the story a little bit. In the end of it is that the boss was actually undercover for the American government. She was there to steal this thing called the Philosopher's Legacy, which is this enormous amount of money mm-hmm. that all of the allies after World War II had kind of put together kind of like secretly um, to like rebuild. Like 10 trillion Europe. US dollars Yes, now. exactly. Um, she was going in to steal that for the American government away from all the other allies and make sure the Russians didn't get it, all that kind of stuff. But the nuclear explosion happened, which wasn't part of the plan, and so the American government needed a scapegoat to to for for and that was the boss. So basically Snake kind of finds this out after he's taken out the boss. His like hero, his mentor, the person he's like worshiped his entire life. So he kills her. He kills her mm-hmm. and then he find he finds out what, what was really going on. And that begins this kind of disillusionment with with the US government, which is a is a big part of of, of this story. So um, along the way there you meet a couple of characters who are important. You meet Ocelot who is is a character all throughout the series? He'll he'll end up being a character yep. in every single game of of the series. 
he's the first boss you fight in Metal Gear Solid 1 as Solid Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, but you meet him as like a young, like snotty kind of, you know, asshole, like operative for the Russian government. And the thing about Ocelot though, and he is, is especially confusing because he works for everybody. He's a Russian agent. He's a Chinese agent. He's an American agent. He has, he just ping pongs around, but he meets snake slash big boss on this mission. And he begins to kind of like idolize him and worship him, which is also a big part of it. Um, which will be part of Metal Gear Solid five when, when you actually play it. Cause Ocelot is a major character in Metal Gear Solid five. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- and the character named Eva, who is someone who, um, pretends basically to be helping snake when she's really working for the Chinese government to steal the philosopher's legacy for them. And that happened in three happens in three. All this happened in three, all this happened in three, three is a huge thing for the series. Um, as far as all of this timeline groundwork being laid. So that happens. And then snake basically gets bamboozled by Eva. And so he steals the philosopher's legacy. He gets it. She steals it from him. And then, you know, that's how Metal Gear Solid three basically ends. It's him figuring out all, he did everything for nothing. And they give him the name Big Boss at the end of that game, the government does, because he was able to take down the boss. Um, and he doesn't have the philosophy. He though. doesn't have it. Okay. No. So, um, basically what happens after this is that, um, and this is this is the part which, it, it's more, much more confusing if we were talking about the, the, the modern set games, but this stuff is a little bit more clear. So Zero, the, the, the head of the mission, his whole thing is he wants to create an organization in the image of the boss, which is an organization that can control the, the everything in the world behind, behind the scenes that can make sure peace, that, that, that keep the world peaceful. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not meant for kind of malicious means, but obviously when you say that they want to control everything, it, it becomes a malicious thing. So it starts off with, you know, um, zero and big boss, uh, and, uh, Revolver Ocelot and a couple of their characters, they're all these characters, kind of they're called the Patriots. And they're they're trying to kind of create this system to save the world. At a certain point, Big Boss gets fed up with it. He's like, I don't want to do this. This is not what I, I want to I want a military installation that's free of political, free of political and governmental leanings. I just want to be a soldier, because that's what I want to do. And that's Big Boss's whole thing. I want to be a soldier. I don't want to. I don't want to have to. If, if a politician decides that they don't like this person, I don't want to be their gun. You know, I want to decide whose gun I'm going to be. Quick question. Yes. So, is Big Big Boss? I, I missed this in the beginning. Mm. Is he a clone of somebody? No, Big Boss is the original. He's the original. He's the original. Yeah. Solid Snake is the clone. Yes. Okay. So what happens is he, Big Boss leaves the Patriots, and from that point on, Zero slash Cipher is his other name who's a huge part of Metal Gear Solid 5, you don't even see him, but the idea of Cypher is a big part of it, is that all that Cypher wants is Big Boss back. That's what they want. That's what he wants, that's what the organization wants. Because they need their symbol of like, this is what the greatest soldier in the world is, We and that's they want that as their symbol, as kind of their figurehead. They could rally behind it. Yeah, rally behind it. And he leaves because he doesn't want to deal with it. Because his whole dream is to have this military organization that it's kind of like a, a pmc right that, mm-hmm. nowadays that's what we'd yeah, call it it's a howling commando <laughs> yeah the howling commando or like what the things in um in the newest uh call of duty game you know like the, the thing that kevin spacey runs oh, yeah like a, a, a pmc yeah private military corporation so he wants that but he just he doesn't want not nefariously just wants to be like okay we, we'll go help people when we want to help them but we don't want to be strapped down by this other crap so that's what he wants to do zero wants him back because zero wants him back and this, this kind of creates their riff a little more. Zero attempts to clone him. <clears throat> and he gives this thing called uh, the Le Enfant 
Terib, I guess is what it's called, uh, the terrible children. Um, he tries to create clones of, of Big Boss. Big Boss is not like that. They're, it makes their rift even farther apart. Um, what game is this happening? This happens in... Well, you don't actually... This is kind of... Backstory. Backstory stuff. Um, it's, so it's, that's where Solid Snake came Snake. from. Yeah. That's where Solid Snake came from. That's okay. more told in, in the end of Metal Gear Solid 4. Mm. It tells you like this stuff that I'm telling you right now. Because um, <clears throat> there's a big info dump at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4, mm-hmm. if you can believe it. So, so and, and that basically takes us up to Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes. Now, there's this whole thing. There's Peace Walker, which is very important, but really all it gives you is a couple characters that you need to know, which is <clears throat> a character named Paz, who is uh, an undercover agent for Cypher, mm-hmm. who infiltrates Big Boss's organization. In order to get him back and also to steal um, a Metal Gear from him. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Full stop. So when Big Boss goes and this is like disillusioned and leaves, mm-hmm. he brings his whole PMC with him. He forms this PMC when he leaves. When he leaves. Yeah. Okay. What is a Metal Gear? Okay. A Metal Gear mm. is a bipedal walking tank. Okay. My favorite thing that's, on the planet. That's what I thought. Yes. It's a two-legged tank that walks around. Yeah. Okay. So I... I, I figured that since they're on the cover of some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Metal Gear Three, you can see you can see the prototype for for the Metal Gear stop the Metal Gears, and then Peace Walker, you see like kind of the first functioning really Metal Gear, and that's what Peace Walker is. It's a Metal Gear. They look like the things from RoboCop. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, very big versions of the things from RoboCop. So Paz goes to infiltrate the organization. Yeah, and then and and, and the so you think she's just kind of like this like um like lost girl who needs help, and at the end she steals this Metal Gear back for Cypher. Cypher. <clears throat> and uh, and in that game also you meet someone named Chico who is he's a like a child soldier like a revolutionary Ricardo um, <laughs> what the heck is his name I don't remember his wait, last okay. name so Ricardo wait. Valentino Libriere or something like that I think is his full name Bob you didn't play Ground Zeroes I didn't play Ground Zero but he's also in Peace Walker okay yeah. when you first meet him so yeah. these are the two kid. characters that you meet right away in Ground Zeroes in Ground Zeroes yes so that's it's so the, very important to know those two characters Chico is. Full stop, good guy. He is on on boss's big boss's side, um, and, and he kind of helps him throughout the throughout the game in, in Peace Walker. Uh, there's a character named Strange Love who is mm-hmm. developing the Peace Walker. The most important th- the the AI for the Peace Walker. What is the Peace Walker? It's a Metal Gear. Okay. Um, the, is it a different Metal Gear? Like a different type of Metal Gear? They all have different. They all kind of they're all sort of different. They all sort of are different. There's not really the same Metal Gear in any one game. Yeah. They all have different names. Th- this Christ. one's called Peace Walker. But they're all just big machines. Like okay. they they don't. But the important thing is they want to put an A. The 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 Metal Gears in the modern set games they're piloted by people. But mm-hmm. at this point they're still trying to pilot them with AIs. And so the Stranger was working on an AI and it's based off the brain pattern of the boss. The original boss. The original boss. Yeah. Okay. So that's a big part of the game. It's a big part of Snake dealing with the boss and dealing with what he did to her it's a big big part of it um and uh she's sort of the ai at the end makes a decision like there's a chance that there's gonna be alt nuclear war if if this metal gear doesn't kind of stand down and the boss makes a decision the ai of the boss makes a decision to jump into like the ocean and drown herself instead of causing war and and she gives she drops her gun basically okay and and this makes snake funny enough furious because the whole point of their whole entire lives was to be soldiers. And the fact that she threw down the gun, he felt like she was throwing him down because he, he's the gun, basically. Um, that's a little bit of a kojima for you. Deep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Deep cuts. It all explains his mental state as we, as, as we, go, across, as we go through it. Um, and the other character, which it's not a big, it's not, Huey Emmerich is a big character as well. He, he's the one who developed the Metal Gears in the first place. He is Atacan's father and Atacan is kind of Snake's, Solid Snake's right-hand man throughout the entire of the of the second half of Metal Gear series. So we don't have to 
Don't need to worry about. You know, he's in the game, but just so you know who he is when, when you see him. Um, and that takes us up to Middle Gear uh, Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, which you're, you're infiltrating a base to try to save Paz and Chico. Now, why would he want to save Paz if she betrayed him? So, you're trying to save Chico. They're trying to get Paz to get information from her yeah. about Cypher. Because Cypher is kind of their n- number one enemy. Even though he just works for the United States, gov- uh, United States government. Who? Uh, Cypher. Yes. Oh, you said of, he. Yeah. You said he was like a free roamer, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you said Ocelot was the free Ocelot's roamer. Ocelot's free roamer. Cypher. Cypher oh. is like a is is sort of or like zero, a zero, right? It's sort of like a or a zero is like a kind of like a sect of the American government, but it's really a very an autonomous power. It does a lot more than the government knows it does. Gotcha. Um. So shield. So shield. Yeah, sort of like shield, but a very evil shield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hammer. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And then. Uh, and that's like that skull face guy works for. He uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've seen the trailers and stuff like that, and and Ground Zeroes. So you're going in there to extract Paz and Chico to get information out of them. Um, and I don't want to completely spoil what happens in Ground Zeroes, but I know what happens in Ground Zeroes. So um, you you get both of them out. You get in the helicopter. Paz has a bomb planted in her, <laughs> and and it blows up your helicopter. Uh, this is now. This is after I should I should say this is after you, they get back to their mother base, like their 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 home, the home of this PMC, and it's under full out attack by, by Cipher. Cipher basically destroys their base. Then this helicopter blows up, and um, I might be getting the order of that quite wrong because I think they throw Paws out of the they throw Paws out uh, helicopter first. I think mm-hmm. um, or she jumps out. She jumps she? out. She jumps out. Blows up. You think they're okay? They get to the base. It's getting destroyed. Their helicopter gets shut down. Middle Gear Solid Five. Then a pain begins, and Big Boss has been in a coma for eight years. And we don't know where Chico is. We don't know where Chico is. Um, and that, is that where he loses the arm? That's where he loses the arm. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's how that's how Middle Gear Solid Five begins. Is him waking up. See, now this sounds much more like something I want to play now because <laughs> I kind of have some understanding of who these characters are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want me to explain one, two, and four? <laughs> Off air, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's and do that as a little sideshow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any we'll questions? put it on the uh, Talking Comics special feed. Are you? Is that it? Th- that's it for like the primer for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, for somebody, I've only played the first Metal Gear uh, on the PlayStation One, so mm-hmm. not the Nintendo, but first Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I wanted to jump into five, is the like all right, having this this story primer and everything is fantastic. By the mm. way, you did a wonderful job. Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually I got I I'd, I would say more than half of that I actually retained, which is a fucking miracle for me. Watching the video helped because I watched the video and was like, I don't understand anything, but you filling in the gaps of the video yeah, makes yeah, more yeah. sense now. <laughs> um, so okay, so so you this is obviously the story is what's really brought you back to these games. Mm-hmm. What about gameplay? Like, what? How does is, does the game play differently than the others? What is it? Yeah, so absolutely. Tell me more about the gameplay. So, the Metal Gear games before this one, I loved playing them because I loved the story. The controls were usually really difficult to navigate. Four wasn't so bad. Four they they started to be, feel like more like a modern like third person shooter. Uh, but the way that five plays, I absolutely love. Um, you know, you, there's two different control schemes. There's like classic and shooter control schemes. I used to the classic. You know, it's it's you hold down L two to to aim you aim the gun. You hold down R you hit R two to shoot the gun. What shooter then? I don't know how they. I don't know. What, there's it's not those buttons that are different. It's some other buttons that are different. It's, it's like switching grenade. It's like switching weapons or something like that. It's like different on on those things. That's how I'll play. Um, I would try it the regular way first. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the aiming works really well. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of great mechanics with as far as, um, you know, the, the binoculars are a huge part of the game. So you want to use, they'll tell you this when you, when you play the game, but the binoculars are a huge part of the game. You want to be marking targets as you walk into places. Cause once you mark an enemy, they're always on your view with kind of a red triangle mm-hmm. and you'll never lose track of them ever. Um, and you can see them through walls and stuff like that. Once they have their red thing on, it's so important because the, and I told Jackie this too, which is that the game rewards you for playing stealthily. It does not really penalize you for playing not ways, and you can play. You can run in there and blow stuff up and shoot around mm-hmm. if you, if you want to do that. Uh, but if you're trying to play stealthily, marking targets is essential because you don't want to be surprised walking around a corner. You don't want right. to walk around a corner and all of a sudden, like the the, the alert goes up and you, you you've lost your whole thing. It does do this thing which I really like, um, which actually Justin was kind of talking about this before with Mad all Max. Time, is yeah. that yeah, when the first time somebody sees you, if they're not currently in an alert status. It will slow down for a few moments, and you have a chance to take uh, out that person. Okay. Bef- bef- or hide, or is it too late? Like you can yeah. hide. You you can hide, but that it, it, it's got to, it's really tough to do the hiding part of it. Um, you know, usually usually when you're getting caught, you're getting caught like right in front of you. Like it's right, the person's right, right. like right in front of you. So it's great though. You just you go right when you shoot them with your trank dart in the head or whatever you're gonna do, and they go down, and then they're, they're sleeping. Got a chance to set the alarm off. No, right. no. And they're cool. The, what I love about the game so much is that there are such cool things you can do as far as like um, when you when you go to like a like a base, right? There's several different things other than enemies in it that can that can help you out. So there is a there are these little sort of um, satellite dishes on roofs, and those are the comm towers. Mm-hmm. If you take those out, they can't call past their base for reinforcements. Yeah. Um, they can't call base to base. You know, there are these giant radar towers that if you take them out, they're, they're kind of their anti-air ones. Your helicopter can literally land like directly where you are. So it makes a lot of common sense how they do it. Yes. Like it, it's, it may, yeah, yeah, it makes also sense. Also, if you take them out, you can bring in the air support. Yeah, which is awesome. It um, kind of like takes away from that whole uh, Ubisoft model that's been used a lot too much recently where there's, you're oh, yeah. just going in and clearing stuff out for the sake of clearing out. Yeah. And this, it, there's a good reason you want to take out this and take yes. out that. And, and as a matter of fact, you know, it, the game really rewards you for not taking out anybody. You know, it, you know, you will get more points if you don't kill anyone. Who's quiet? Quite as a, quite as a sniper, um, she. I haven't finished my encounter with her yet. So, what's the interesting thing about the game is that what I what I think is really cool about it is that they have story missions and side ops, and you pick what mission you want to go on. You go. You can run into other missions as you go around. You're not like stuck going to that mission. It's very much open world. But a couple of the missions that come up, you don't you don't pick them. You just you walk into an area. And all of a sudden, I was in a story mission, and I didn't even know it was going to happen. And that the quiet mission was one of those things. She's in one section of the map, and you. And the thing is, like when you when you depending on what you're doing when you find her, I was doing a kind of an essential story thing when I was going when I found her. The guy on the radio was like, "This is not your mission. Like you, you go forward. You have to find Emmerich. Like you know, don't don't wait here. Just get out, get out of her kill zone." And, and so I just left. But you can you can go back to that section anytime and and take her on and fight her. She's enhanced though, isn't she? Uh, I don't know actually. I haven't I haven't met her other than she was a, she's a like a like a figure Sorry. on a on a on a structure far away from me pointing a rifle at my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so so you just ran the other way. So I ran the other way because yeah. I wanted to finish this mission because because um, I've been I've been trying to get there for a very long time. Um, so so that's cool stuff. The, the, there's there's great mayhem stuff that can happen. So at, at one point you find a base and there are these sort of like mini metal gears like they're they're like like little like almost like motorcycle sized like bipedal walking tanks that these people they're they're like exposed out of, out of the back of them and i i went into the i went to the base once and i start i, I like shot down there was a helicopter 
I shot down the helicopter and these things automatically came at me and I didn't. And so I, I died the first time and I was like, okay, I need to rethink this. So I went to the same hill, but instead of just shooting, I placed C4 in a line across the hill where they were, they would walk up. Um, and then I shot down the helicopter and then they came and then I backed up and I saw both of them coming over and one of them was too far in front of the C4 for me to blow them up. So I shot them with my, my RPG. It knocked the thing back and it damaged it pretty bad, but didn't blow it up. But it knocked it back into the other one. And then the, explode, the, the force of the explosion from the rocket launcher blew up the C4. And it <laughs> destroyed both of them. But it was this great like one second right. where they got blown back. And the guy was like, hey! And then he got, just got blown up. <laughs> which, was, which was amazing. Right. Um, so that stuff is all so much fun. Like the, 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 Figuring out how you're going to take out a base and what you're going to do is so much fun. Like I, I, I just love doing it over and over and over again. And the... Uh, of course, there's the faultening mechanic, which I'm, I'm sure people have seen by now, which is, so at a certain point in the game, you get um, this kind of extraction thing, which is basically, it's a balloon that shoots up in the air, and then like your your helicopter like grabs it and takes it back to your base. You, you do that to people. So you want to recruit people for your base, your mother base, and your, that's another aspect of the game. It's a very deep game. I will say this about the game, though, is that it introduces its systems in a really interesting, clever way where you never feel overwhelmed. I never felt like I had 10 systems to learn. I feel like I had one system to learn, but they just kept coming for, for, a, little, for a little while. Um, you want to send them back to your base because you want to build up your base. You're, you're, you're upgrading platforms. They're researching weapons for you. Um, they're researching upgrades to like your, your, your bionic arm, your, you know, your... Your buddy, your buddy system too. Your, your buddy, the yeah, the, the buddy system too, which is which is also really cool. Uh, but you're upgrading your helicopter, you're up, you know, you're upgrading your weapons, you're upgrading your items, you're upgrading all this stuff. Um, and uh, and so you want to send people back because they all have, they have ratings. They're like, oh, they're like a B in Intel. So you send them back, and your Intel team gets better. But you just think where you attach a balloon to them, and they this one where, and it's only because it's a game like it's a Metal Gear game. They don't just shoot right up. They go up for a moment. And then the guy who you knocked out wakes up, and he goes, oh, 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 and then the thing goes flying up in the air. You yeah, can do it, it breaks like the sound barrier going up. <laughs> yeah, you can do it to people. You can do it as you upgrade. It, you can like take weapons. So you can take like mortars and and machine implanted machine guns. Eventually, you can take jeeps and tanks and stuff like that too. Um, you can take jeeps with people in them as, as well That's once awesome. you upgrade it enough. Um, the best is when you take animals because we took like sheep and sheep, stuff like yeah. that. It's like the most amazing thing in the entire world. Um, but it's just it's just like this one of those little things that as you're going through gameplay that you know you do a lot of repeated stuff obviously but it's one of the things that it just like breaks it up every time you do it because no matter how many times I've done it I, I don't know how many times now three hundred times mm. I laugh every time it happens the guy in the plane that you're, that's recovering them yeah. he's like are, are you really gonna take him too yeah, All yeah. Right, I guess we're taking him <laughs> yeah Master Miller is very uh, snarky with you when you <laughs> when you take people that aren't so highly skilled uh, so we call it like first impressions but how far in are you now about fifteen hours about fifteen hours ten percent through the game. Wow. But so far, like, all positive, it sounds like. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, I, I will say the one thing is that the story that is there I'm enjoying, there's so much less story than is in a normal Metal Gear game. This is, like, the inverse of, the, of Metal Gear Solid 4, which was mostly watching movies and then mm-hmm. sometimes playing a game. This is almost all playing a game with, with some cutscenes put, put throughout. The story I've gotten so far has been really interesting and good, and I think the, it looks amazing, the voice acting is fantastic, and the look of all the characters is great as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just not as much story as as there's been in past Metal Gear games. But is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? It depends on what you're going for. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for me, like I would like there to probably be a little bit more because I love the crazy ass story shit that they do. <laughs> right. Um, but the game is so fun to play 
that it's just it's it, a, mi- a minor grievance that you're willing to get yeah. over, right? They give a lot more people more more ways to play the game. If you yes. want to do like work on the base, if you're like interested in building mm-hmm. your base and collecting resources, there's a ton of that in the world. Yeah, and uh, I will say that it's Kiefer Southern is very good for the time that he talks because the, the Saint doesn't talk that much in the game. He's they've very much made him more of a silent protagonist in this game than he's than, than he's ever been because mm-hmm. he's very usually very chatty. Um, it is weird having played all the other games that it's not David Hayter because um, yeah. that distinctive voice is kind of stuck in your head. So when he talks, it doesn't immediately, th- I don't immediately think snake, you know, in, in my head, but um, I, I still think it, it, it looks great. It plays great. Um, and I'm really, I, all I want to do is play it. So that's great. Uh, I say in 10% of the game, apparently when you get to like 40 or 45% or something like that, that's kind of where if you're kind of mainlining the story, that's where you'd, you, you could wrap the story. So you can do it. Um, in probably forty hours, I think. But okay. uh, that's still a decent sized game. But you can pl- you can yeah. play it for one hundred and fifty hours if you right. want to. But you know, because there's a ton of side ops and stuff like that to do. But right. And how are the side ops? Good. You know, th- they're varied enough. It's not too because uh, you know a lot of these open world things. Some of the side missions can be very cut paced. Yeah, and I will say that a lot of them are like, "There's a dude who's in this house. You have to go get him." You know. But the thing about the game is that the way you decide to go get him could be one of six million ways, you know? There's just so many variations to do it. You can do the same thing over and over again if you want, but the game encourages you to experiment with with, with what you're doing and, and the ways in which you do it. Um, and uh, I will say, too, that at the beginning of the game, I don't know how long I heard barking, right? So there's this little puppy, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and he's, like, missing an eye, and, <laughs> and you, you can Fulton him back to Mother Base, and every time you go back to Mother Base, he gets a little bit bigger. He gets a little bit bigger until eventually he comes on with you on missions. And he has an eye patch. And so he looks just like Snake. Mm-hmm. And they do this really great goofy moment where he jumps in the helicopter behind Snake and they both turn and look. It's like slow motion. They both have eye patches on. And they're both looking at the camera. It's really cool. And then you can, put a, awesome. you can put a sneaking suit on the dog. Mm-hmm. So the dog has a sneaking suit. Does he have a name? D-Dog. Yeah. D-Dog? That's yeah. It. Just like the horse. D-Horse. D-Horse. Oh. But and I tell you the cool thing about the buddy system. Obviously, D horse you can you can, he makes going places a lot faster. What's the name of the PMC? Is it Diamond Dogs? Diamond, Diamond Dogs. There's another another type of name like that that's in this the Metal Gear fiction. Uh, Foxhound. Yes. Or Fox. Yes. There's a lot of canine based teams. Fox. Fox is the unit that um, Snake when he uh, when he was part of the CIA. And the boss in Major Zero, that was their unit. Foxhound. But no, Fox. Just Fox? Just Fox. Foxhound is developed later to hunt down like people like Big Boss. Okay. So yeah, Diamond Dogs. Favorite. Diamond Dogs is All what right. they're so called. Like, I've, always, I've seen like, you know, you go to, you go to um, PAX or mm-hmm. any of the video game conventions, you will consistently... Uh, see shirts with diamond dogs mm-hmm. or fox and like, yeah so I'm, I'm very familiar with those symbols mm-hmm. never knew what they stood for yeah um and uh there's a unit in this one called xof which is fox backwards in case you didn't mm-hmm. realize that is is not so nice um but uh yeah there's some really cool stuff there and the cool thing about the buddy system so d horse you ride him around he runs faster and stuff like that obviously you can get places a lot faster and you can do horse stealth so you so when you if you're going past like a convoy of people you can like hit the stealth button and snake will turn 
on the horse so he'll block himself That's from amazing. it. That's amazing. And they'll still be like, what's going on? Why is there just a horse going around here? But they won't necessarily come a, after a you. a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. If they're not already in alert mode, they won't come after you. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Because if, if they're in alert mode, it's tough to hide. Right. In, in situations like that. If you, yeah. Like that or like the box. So you can get in a cardboard box, famous Metal Gear thing. Yep. Right, right. Um, and if they're not alert, they'll just walk. As long as you're not right in their path, they'll just walk around you. You know, they won't right. even know you're there. But if they're in alert, they're going to look for yeah. stuff like that. So, but the horse. So I just unlocked not long ago the fact that you can make the horse poop on command. <laughs> and Snake goes, do it. And then, <laughs> and then the horse just poops. See, I knew at some point we'd talk about poop it on the show. It all comes back. I knew it was coming. <laughs> you can poop on the, the road. And then it like cars will slip on it, <laughs> which makes so good. Okay, yeah, it's or, a banana peel. Or people will slip on it as well. Or people will be like, "What the hell is this?" And then you can distract them. As well as a big part of it on that. Um, or you can, if you want to, you can lay underneath the horse and then say, "Do it," and it'll poop on your face. <laughs> I'm sold. If you want to do that, have you seen the images of the horse riding shotgun in the jeep? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, and Justin's losing it over there at the thought of having a horse poop on your face. <laughs> it wasn't that game of the it year. Was the, it was the way Bobby said, "Do it." <laughs> That's how he says it. Do it. He just poops on him. Um, and then, so uh, D Dog is one of the other ones. And the cool thing about D Dog is that you, you obviously can't get places as faster, but he sniffs out enemies for you. So enemies will just get marked on your map for you while you while you're going oh, through. Mm-hmm. And then once you use yeah. him, like it's. You can't go back because, like, I, I, I don't have to. I, I know Quiet does a move where you throw a grenade in the air and Quiet shoots it with a sniper rifle into helicopters. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that does, does sound pretty cool. That does sound yes, pretty cool. Does. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I definitely, as I upgrade, I'm upgrading. I'm trying to get as much um, non-lethal stuff as possible because I want to play it that way. Right. There is a non-lethal sniper rifle that you can research and, and make, which I'm very close to getting, which I'm so excited about. Cool. Because yeah, I want to be great. able to be ranged and take out people like in towers and stuff like See, that. See, that's what I was listening to yeah. the Bombcast today, mm. and they were saying that in, in a way, quiet is like super OP mm. because once you get that overpowered, trank, <laughs> yes, overpowered. Um, <laughs> once you get that trank, uh, that trank gun, you could just have her go take out everybody. Mm. You could just be like, watch my back. And she just starts like laying into people and just making them go to sleep. And you're right. like, Fulton you and Fulton you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I haven't had anybody invade my, my base yet. So that's something that can happen. So like Dark Souls. Yeah, something like Dark Souls. So what happened is you, you want to set up defenses. You want to, uh, that's why you want to send like jeeps and tanks and, and like the guns and stuff back because people can invade your base and then those defenses will will be there so people can take them out. I know, Play really offline. good defense. Yeah, exactly. Just pull your Ethernet cable. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently even if you, as long as you check in online, your base can get invaded. Oh my wow. God. So if you, you're better than being online because you can go at least, at least and defend it. You can about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because you can go back and defend That's crazy. it. But uh, it hasn't happened to me yet, but it's it's so much fun. I love playing. I just love going in there awesome. and doing all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I'm not the kind of person, I love it because I'm not a stealth person. Like, I like... I like it in that game because I, I like the feeling of like, I love that feeling of somebody like like uh, up on the guard post or something or somebody really far away. I have my like little trank pistol and I get that just lined up the right way yep, and I yep. shoot them and they just <laughs> fall asleep, you know? Do they yep. make the uh, the noise with the exclamation point when you get... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do, right. yeah. Um, and, and there's just a... Uh, I've had these really great badass moments where like, you know, because if you knock people out, eventually they wake up if you don't fault them away. And if you stun them... In certain ways, they stay asleep longer. If you make them, if you trank them, they stay asleep longer. But you know, if you're going off and doing something, you're warming up with moral, and you come back to a guard post that you had put everybody to sleep, but they're most likely going to be awake again. And I was sort of like, I had, I, had, I had tranked two people, but I, had, I had knocked one of them out with like a quick stun, so they were going to get up earlier. And I was like looking for resources and something, like and the guy was getting up, and he was getting up, and he was like, huh? Because he saw people asleep, right. and I just start running like 
booking at him. <laughs> and he turns around to look at me, and I just I just hit the CQC button. I grab his head and slam it into the barricade and knock him down, and he's just out again. And I, was, I just felt nice. it just felt so oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I tell you what. Thank first of all. Thank you very much for mm. that whole explanation because I think all of us learn a lot about Mel Gear Solid tonight. Yeah. Very much. Uh, will you come on in the next few weeks and give us a little update I on how you're will. doing? I absolutely uh, I want to know, like you said, once you get to that 45, 50% where you are in the story yeah. and if you're still enjoying it. And I definitely want to get some updates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to wrap it up here, I think. I will say James Hammond yes. asked me about the Lale Lule Lo. <laughs> we got a couple we had actually got a couple of questions <laughs> all right we can do that if you want um yeah i just want to say james that was part-time power says what was the lale lule low and how did that tie into the philosopher's legacy and i told him i can't wait i can't wait Please to do. talk about this to see the confused faces okay it was just you and james yeah yeah so lale lule low is the patriots <laughs> so um the patriots was the group formed by major zero um, Big Boss, uh, Revolver Ocelot, a okay. couple of people too that you don't names you don't need to know. Paramedic, Signet, um, and, and <laughs> so what happened was the Patriots, the system of control, but then they knew they were going to die, right? They're, they're not eternal people, so they set up computer systems, AIs, to basically take their place to run these systems without them, mm-hmm. and those became the Patriots, and and then they started to run like all the systems, but eventually they went bad. Like they decided like, oh, the most, because e- they're a computer, so the most efficient way to keep the peace and efficient way to make everybody prosperous, what makes the most money? War. So they set up a war economy and they forced the world into a war economy. And the, the Lale Lule Lo are, are the patriots. So, and, and the philosopher's legacy is what helps set up the, 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 the patriots in the first place. So that's how the philosopher's legacy ties in to the Lale Lule Lo. All right. Well, I think that explained everything I need to know about that. Everything, everything has two names. <laughs> All those consonants in a row. Everything has okay. two names. When you hear it in Metal Gear Solid 2, it's like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> Ravara Ocelot's like, I'm taking it back for the la le 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 lo. You're exactly. like, I don't know what the hell that is. Is that like something from Doctor Who? I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that was a very good little Metal Gear Solid there you go. session. Yeah. I, I do want to go play it now just to see if I can make any sense of what I've learned in the yeah. last hour on yeah, it's very confusing. It's a shame right you'll now. never hear the great reading of Metal Gear. Yes. <laughs> From David Hayter. Do they have uh, a collection on the PS3? They do, yeah. They have the Metal Gear Solid Legacy Collection. They have It's everything. It's Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, 3. Oh, God. Uh, let, me, let me jump um, in on this one. 4 and uh, Peace Walker, actually. It's, wow. It's totally yeah. worth playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tough to go back to those games time because the, 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 the mechanics are rough, you know, because they... There was no precedent for it at that point, but um, they're worth it for the story. So, bottom line, can I play five without having played? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. If I'm you in. if you know the at least some of the stuff that I mentioned today, you'll you'll be fine. I'm figuring out I'm going to go back and listen to the show again mm-hmm. to figure it out, and then I'll then and I'll if, you, if you have questions, yeah. just just send me a text, <laughs> exactly, and I'll try to answer do. them. Yes, I'll try right. to answer them. So along those lines, I'm going to do a little housekeeping now. Do it. Um, <laughs> do it. If you've got uh, first of all, you can find us on Twitter at talking underscore games but if you've got any specific questions about metal gear solid certainly mm-hmm. hit up bobby who is at at bobby shortle any other questions please hit up steve Find <laughs> at dead underscore anchors justin at jaroke j-o-r-o-a-k bobex at melfesto m-e-l-f-e-s-d-o i am at jackie turner j-a-c-q-u-i uh, you can also write to us on facebook facebook.com forward slash talking games pc uh, you can email us if you have a little more to say, which is talkinggamespc at gmail.com. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
Um, obviously, our base, our, our mother base, our ah. <laughs> is talkingcomicbooks.com. So go check out that site. There is a whole load of content there for you. You've got lots of podcasts, articles, reviews, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's very interesting. So please do go check that out. Again, we are Talking Games and we will see you next week. 